coming up on this week's episode, we begin by staying off Twitter, breaking down demographics by county, and paying by wrist. Then we get to the week's tech news, including the passings of Question 1 and Prop 22, plus what we expect from Apple's Big Mac event. It all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 292, recorded November 9th, 2020. Ain't no party like a Biden party. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and of course, you, I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by the president-elect and vice president-elect of this podcast, it's Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Good evening, gentlemen. What up, nerds? <laughs> okay, well, kind of starting off strong there. I don't, I don't know. Why. Accurate, but strong. Um, I'm very tired today. Yeah, me too. You guys got to stop it's... these party weekends. <laughs> is is this like daylight savings finally catching up? <laughs> it could be. I made a martini though. Ooh, is it shaken or stirred? Stirred. Ah. Yeah, because I'm not an animal. I don't but... want to bruise the gin. <laughs> You'd be so much fun next to James Bond. Shaken, not stirred. Actually, the uh, I feel like I'm pretty sure I said this on our on the James Bond episode of Up for Debate that I that I joined you for, but I think that James Bond getting a shaken, not stirred martini was like a it was like a character thing, like because he is like plays this fancy rich guy but like really he's like a nothing british guy and like a fancy rich person would never get a martini shaken not stirred that's blasphemous but he would do it anyways it was like a a nod to his playing the part or something i thought it was interesting i also think it makes a good line in a movie rather than i'll take a regular drink regular (laughs) (laughs) barkeep one beverage. Yes, I'll have a light beer. <laughs> Miller Miller Light, please. Your, your finest O'Doul's. Um, <laughs> so what's uh so what's up with what's up with you folks? What's good? Well, we had some good news this weekend. I I think I might have exhaled for the first time in like four years this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, this is much much more positive than our last post-election get-together, I will say. <laughs> we're, we're not panicking like, oh boy, I think we spent the last time talking about like encrypted messaging and like, oh no, yeah. what's all the like, what are we going to do? Right. And we survived. Yeah, I forgot about that. Right. Do you think that's the only time we've ever panicked on the show? Yes, it, it is the only episode, I believe, where we where we talked about zero tech news for the entire episode. I believe that's the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was warranted at the time, but we yeah. made it through. We did it. We did. I mean, I know you guys were were busy last week voting in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, just just get Georgia, just just get in your vote once, vote twice, vote early, vote often. Um, and you made your voices heard. <laughs> yes. Did I tell you vote. about my, my voting saga? I don't remember. Like, 
that I finally did the early voting thing and I waited in line for hours and it was like the day it was snowing. Uh, did, I, did I tell a story? No, I think we were we were off the week before oh, the yeah, election. Yeah. yeah, so I thought I was going to be smart and I voted. I decided to vote early because that seemed like the smart thing to do. You spread out all the voting over a week, right? And I decided to vote at the end of the week. Uh, and New York City was doing voting for like uh, two weekends and the week in between. Uh, so I was like, I'll vote on the Friday. I figure that it'll be busier on the extremely busy on the first weekend and busy throughout the week, but it'll taper off because New Yorkers would love to get in line. If there's a fucking line for something, you're like, get me in that line. I'm getting in that line and I'm going to stand here and do it as soon as possible. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so I was going to do it Friday. Uh, oh, actually, maybe it wasn't. That's right. It wasn't even supposed to be the second weekend. It was just one weekend and then the following weekend that was going to end on Friday. And so I'm I I'm watching the lines out my window all week, which I can see clearly. And the lines are not getting smaller. The lines are always like wrapped around the block two or three times. And so finally, it's Friday morning. And like, this is what they prepare you for. They're like, don't don't not go because of a line. Mm -hmm. So. I go. I'm like, well, screw it. Okay, I guess this is my life. So I, I it's the coldest uh, night of the the season so far. I get up at six in the morning and I get in the line. Polls open at seven. I wait there for an hour. And nobody's moving, and I'm, oh yeah, and I left my apartment. When I got up, I looked out and I could see like, yep, it's at least wrapped around one time, but not twice. Um, and so I left the apartment and I went towards where I knew the end of the line was. And by the time I got to the end of the line, the line had grown to wrap around the block another time. So I walked all the way around the block once, searching <laughs> for the start of the line, only to find out that while I had been looking, it had grown all the way around the block again. Uh, so I wait in line for two and a half hours, and I finally vote. Uh, and then, of course, uh, shortly thereafter, I learned that they have extended early voting to the weekend. Uh, and I look out my window all weekend, and nobody's in line. Not a single person. There was never more than ten people in line the whole weekend. Now was what that was Oh, go ahead, Colby. I was gonna say what was election day like? Nobody. Yeah. Nothing. So I should have yeah. I should have put it off. I was thinking about it. On Friday I was like, you know, maybe I should just go on election day. Maybe no one's gonna show up on election day. I I considered so I voted early once in the past, like not even um, not even this year. I, I I voted early. Actually, well, in 2016, I, I voted early at, you know, one of our early voting places. And it was it was like that, like that is the longest I've ever waited to vote was the one time I voted early. I don't know if New York is like this, but in Boston, there are fewer early voting places. So yes. like every polling place is not open for early voting. So like you get people from all over. Like that was not I went, clear to me. Right. So like I, I traveled. Yeah, I, I traveled to like far further than I would have otherwise to go to the Boston Public Library to vote early. And like I had to wait in line. But like every other election I voted in in person uh, here, I just like there. Are, I maybe waited in line between behind three people 
four people, especially if you go in the middle of the day. I'm sure it like gets busy like it, you know, before and after work, but like I just went at like noon. Breeze right through. But that's crazy. I mean, it is you, uh, it, it's fascinating. I mean, we're 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 learning as we live it in history just how different voting systems and processes and rules are state to state. I mean, they, they really, when I voted in Texas in the 2016 presidential election, I, that was the first time I ever had to, to wait for a poll, but also just using electronic voting machines was like, to this day, one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my entire life. It was like piloting the space shuttle, this fucking thing. <laughs> and, and because it, it was Harris County, Houston, you know, obviously one of the biggest cities, um, there was literally like 50 different things I had to vote for. Um, and the straight line voting wasn't working. So I had to like, it it took forever. It was a nightmare. So it it really, it really does. It really does change. That's crazy. I've only ever voted on paper. Much better, much better than, than the, because on the electronic things, it was such a nightmare. It had like a little scroll wheel. You had to like go and like go through all the (sighs) options, but then like sometimes it wouldn't register them or you had, it took forever. It was like, so, and I'm consider myself a smart guy. Maybe I'm not, but I'm like, (laughs) how does like a grandma come in and like use this machine? It was baffling. And then of course, then there's like, in some States it'll print out like a copy of what you voted for, like a paper copy. This thing was like, congratulations, you voted. And I just walked away and I'm like, did I? Huh? Um, very, very strange. They gave us, uh, everyone got free New York City Board of Election uh, touchscreen and regular pen. So it's a touchscreen pen with like this little squishy thing on the top. But you can click out the, the cap and then a pen part emerges from the squishy touchscreen part. Damn. It's an actual pen. And you needed both. I, I'm surprised that they had the foresight because the the New York election process was a complete shit show in every way except this. So you need this <laughs> pen to uh, like sign your, your thing that says that I was here and I voted before you get your paper ballot and you go up to like fill it out and then put it in the machine thing. Uh, and so you use the touchscreen part you do that aspect it was done on the iPad but I was shocked by it it's like who made this app and like where are these iPads come from but that worked fine and then you use the pen part fill out your ballot and then you leave and so you just touch so you just get this brand new pen and you look back and you don't have to touch anything except the paper ballot and the pen kind of cool hmm that's neat yeah, I think it was was it in Ohio? It was one of the states. Maybe it was Ohio where uh, they had the same thing, but the the online system crashed, and so they actually had backup binders ready to go that they had to pull out. It delayed voting a little bit, but um, to to get people registered in. Yeah, sure that can happen. Well, but it, you know, hey, it just goes to show we've done elections before. We kind of know how to do them <laughs> for the most part, unless they're intentionally trying to screw them up. Um, now, now, Sean, did you? Uh, what was your? You're a junkie. Let's, let's say. I oh hope you yes. Don't mind, don't mind. Don't mind that. What was your setup this year? Very simple. So you guys know I am in the middle of phase eight of renovating my house, and um, 
I have literally been uh, what I would describe as balls to the wall. Um, I'm literally, this is my painting shirt I'm wearing. It's covered in paint uh, because I was painting literally minutes before the show started. Um, I've been working nonstop, including on Tuesday. So my election coverage was CNN on in the background, checking Twitter. That was pretty much it. But I also knew going in that a winner was not going to be announced Tuesday night anyway. There was an almost 0% chance of that happening. Um, and I also knew, you know, obviously, you can talk about the polls saying Biden should have won by more, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, when Trump won Florida, I wasn't, like, super bummed out. I wasn't, like, overly concerned that it was going to be a replay of 2016. And then as it started being, like, really close, I was like, I just am not. And then I just sort of touched in over the next couple days and... And and by kind of midday Wednesday, the the experts on Twitter were like, "Yeah, Biden's really got this. It's going to be hard unless we get surprised." And then I, at that point, I was like, "Okay," and I slept fine until Saturday. Nice. Yeah, my strategy of media blackout didn't work at all. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's unsustainable. Yeah, you can do yeah. it. I did it for forty eight hours. Um, but. <laughs> That's, then I, I go to NewYorkTimes.com so and it's like, oh, it's like it's like if I checked the election results at midnight, you know, Tuesday, any other year. <laughs> right. Yeah. I like. So I watched some news coverage on Tuesday night and then I shut it off and like, you know, I would check in the morning, like Wednesday, I checked in the morning and Thursday, I checked in the morning, but then Friday, I don't know what happened. Like I realized you could click into the New York times map. And then that's all I did until Saturday was, was, was refresh the New York times map. What do you mean I, click in? You could like tap into it and click on each state and like, see the, like they would give you little updates about like when the next, like, you know, a chunk of ballots was going to be counted and they like would give you the predictions and like what changed. And it had like, there were all kinds of graphs of like the votes going like the red votes and the blue votes. Like it's crazy. It was too much. I didn't, it wasn't good for me. See, I had the complete opposite and that's uh, election. Twitter was what kept me sane because I follow all the like real data nerd folks and they would be like, uh, Washoe County, uh, 13,000 votes in Biden won it by 22%. Uh, he only needed to win them by 20%. That puts him ahead <laughs> by 30. It was like so ultra specific that it almost made me feel better. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm so tapped in. I would literally, uh, my mother was here helping me do construction. Of course, she doesn't really pay attention to this or know this. So she'd be asking me questions and I'd see a result come in where it's like, Oh, a new, a new flood of ballots in, in Pinal County. And I'll be like, Oh, Biden needed to win those by 26%. He won by 28%. Good news. <laughs> now he only needs to win uh Mashuda County by 12% or whatever. And I was like, I knew way too much, <laughs> but for some reason that was comforting and enjoyable because I'm, uh, as Dan said at the beginning, we're all nerds. So yeah, that's true. You definitely learn a lot of U.S. county names. Oh, it's great. The magic wall and the maps and all that. And it's certainly in key swing states. Yeah, it's it's a treat. Yeah, it's a treat. So, yeah, fun, fun night, a fun week. Um, I don't know if you guys had any other election thoughts. No, uh, I got uh, to experience the New York party. From Central Park and then from my apartment. 
Were you the one? Were you one of the guys like spraying champagne all over the park? And no. So what happened to me was we went to the park super early because it was a beautiful day and we wanted to get a spot. Um, and so we were there all morning was the plan. And I think I think I checked the news in the morning and nothing had happened. And then my policy was I would check it like only twice a day. That was my my limit. Um, and then. We, we were reading, we played Frisbee, and that was like 11. I was like, all right, I'm going to use my other check, my other check now. And nothing had changed. I was like, all right, whatever. Like, wasted my check. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then, like, we were reading more, and they're like, all right, let's play some more Frisbee. We were playing Frisbee, and then everyone's cheering. You're like, oh, right, okay. That, that's the sign. Uh, but the party was not as crazy in the park as it was on the streets. Mm-hmm. We also knew that, uh, given the virus rates, I was like, okay, time to go. <laughs> and going up. And uh, glad I got to experience this. See you all later. Very smart. Nice. Yeah. I didn't party, but I did in, in my apartment, I guess. I had a painting party, so... There you go. You drink wine and you try to replicate famous works of art. <laughs> yeah, if by famous works of art you mean just simply staying within the lines on a wall, yes. It's hard to do when you're drinking wine. Yeah, and, and at night when it's dark. <laughs> as I've as I've learned, because all the lighting is very bad down there. That's why I bought all new lights, but I'm not installing them until the paint's done. And so after the sun goes down, it is not easy to see where you're painting. So it it was funny. We'd we'd paint until like 10, 11 o'clock at night, and then we'd wake up the next morning and look and be like, what the hell were we thinking? And like, it looked awful, like missed spots. It was, it's just been the absolute worst. Oh. That's tough. But trying to do everything, everything all at once on a time schedule is, is I would imagine, is pretty particularly difficult. Well, I will say there is a, an extremely slight tech angle to it, which is I needed to make a to-do list, but I'm not really a list-making kind of guy. Um, and so I don't have a dedicated app for that. And I'm like, oh, I know, I'll just use Notes. Like, I'll just put a list of Notes, right? Notes is the worst. Notes is so bad. Like, I, I wanna... thought that you, you could put a list in it. Well, you can, but it's like, if you want to, like cross something out or bold something or like even just like select and copy something there's my that's just some of my to-do list right there um and it goes it goes beyond that um mm-hmm. but no i found it just an enormous pain to use and i'm like this is awful things on here include not that anyone care install laundry light window blinds outside lights install toilet seat wash wood floors fix outside water spout put handles on fence door dimmer switch for kitchen New bathroom wall light, new bathroom faucet, new shower light, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I just use reminders usually for lists of things. Yeah, that maybe that would have been. I do like reminders. I do use reminders a lot. But do you ever use Siri to set reminders? I feel like I should, uh, and yeah, I don't. I do. I don't usually. I, I use it if, like, <laughs> happens to me all the time that uh, Lena says to me, hey, Dan, remind me to do this tonight. And then I turn to Siri and I say, 
hey, hey, Dingus, remind me to do this tonight. Uh, and that works beautifully. Hmm. I'm going to have to start doing it because I'm a big, like, I got to bring something to work tomorrow and I will forget by the morning type guy. Uh, it's usually <laughs> remind me to do something the next day. So it seems like a good yeah. use for that. Yeah, I guess that's what I do too. Well for. Hmm. Yeah, I genuinely forget my phone has Siri. Just never use it. Yeah. Since I got my new phone, I I just never set up Hey Siri. So I keep yelling it every <laughs> once in a while. Like every two and two point five days, I say, Hey, hey, please set a timer and like nothing nothing answers. I was like, Oh crap. I like to imagine you screaming, Why are you ignoring me? <laughs> help. I need help. That's awesome. You know, I will say one thing that I have, not that I was using it a lot, but significantly have used less uh, since COVID started is Apple Pay, which oh, seems God, like yeah. you'd want to use it more so you're not physically pulling out like credit cards and cash. But because of the face mask, it has become far less useful. Convenient. That's why you have an Apple Watch. Uh, did you know on the oh, Apple Watch yeah. you don't? Yeah, you just double tap the side. You don't need to do face ID. But then you're the dork who's paying with the watch. Yeah, but we're all wearing masks. Who I don't cares? Want, I don't want the lady at the food store to judge me. God. Excuse well, me, I... sir. Your watch is not money. Oh, yeah? <laughs> watch Check this. this out. Me just slamming my wrist on the credit card receptacle. <laughs> Uh, I did read it. I don't know if we talked about it in the show that the Apple Pay usage has gone way up. That maybe even Apple said that explicitly. It, it does make sense. And I've had like non-techie people ask me like, hey, how do I use Apple Pay? Like there is an increased curiosity about it. I also think it's now been long enough since it's been rolled out that mm, almost all places accept it at this point. Yes. It's more Even off, the places that don't accept it, if you try it, it always works. Well, right, in the sort of generic... I still think gas stations are like the number one culprit of we just don't accept contactless payments. Outside of that, though, pretty much <laughs> everywhere is gonna... Mm -hmm. That seems like... Weren't, weren't gas stations like... Wasn't there that thing at one of the gas stations well, where you pass. got a little... Yeah, yeah, you got a little, uh, a little booper for your keychain. You'd think they'd be the first, like the first ones on the bandwagon. I found my old speed pass this weekend, actually, in wow. one of my boxes of random garbage that I haven't thrown out. <laughs> Do they still work? Like, no. can you still go to a? Is it no? Mobile? It was phased out like after we graduated college, but a while ago. Man, twenty fifteen maybe. Yeah. Speed pass. I'm going to have to look that up. Um, Wikipedia. Uh, I have some other tech news. Yes, break it down. I had to get a, a new laptop for a new, new job, and I got the 16-inch MacBook Pro, but uh, we decided that we would just get one of the ones they had in the store, and if uh, there are new laptops released tomorrow uh, that are Intel-based, New 16-inch laptops, I, I might trade it to the 14-day return policy. Um, nice. But as of now, I have a 
six-inch MacBook Pro with a new keyboard and a slightly smaller touch bar. And it's really fast. I, I like how fast it is. The only thing is disappointing, and it, the new keyboard is fine. I think objectively, I do like the feel of the old of the butterfly keyboard better, but it's it's fine. Um, it's probably more reliable. But the only my only disappointment is, uh, well, no face ID. I think no face ID sucks. Uh, but when I have my laptop in clamshell mode, it's still like the fans kick up constantly, oh. and I don't even have like. It's just a 1440p screen. So, and I remember that being a problem with the last MacBook Pro I had in 2017. So, maybe it's true that the Intel uh, stuff really hasn't progress. Did you say clam in clamshell mode, Dan? Yeah, that is what I said. Hmm. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the with the screen closed. Yeah. So, um, one thing. Last time we did a show, I think I picked my vertical laptop stand. And yes. one thing I've noticed is if I put my laptop in the stand with the the vent facing up, like straight up, mm. I get way less fan action than I do if I just have the laptop like flat down oh. on a desk. Oh, I, I do have an old vertical stand I used today, but I, now that you mention it, I had the fans pointed down. Yeah, so I don't know. I I could be imagining it, but it seems like if you have no fan obstruction and like the back, like the 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 part that gets really hot, mm-hmm. like not touching anything, it seems to work a little bit better. Is it weird that I love when the fans kick on in a computer? That's <laughs> how you know it's working. Well, it's like well, it, it feels good when you're doing something, right? You're you're doing something complicated, and you're like, yeah, look look at it go. Well, it's, it's like, like... The, the Fast and the Furious, right? They hit turbo, you know, they put the knocks in and they hit turbo. It's kind of like that, where it's like, oh shit, oh Get shit, ready. here we go. Flames start yeah. shooting out of the side. But it, it doesn't feel so good when you're just like watching a YouTube video, right? And you, it's like, oh, wait, wait a second. Now, Dan, you I do have to ask, and we're pivoting a little bit into one of the stories we'll talk about, which is the Apple event tomorrow, but no interest in the arm base max. Well, there's a reason why at my jobby job I can't use the arm base max, at least probably not initially. Uh, because the we make software that runs on a Mac and the software that we make make not only does it not compile on ARM, but no one has even tried. Gotcha. Uh, so <laughs> Gotcha. For me to get an arm back would be <laughs> counterproductive, unless I wanted my first job to be, why don't you get to work on the arm Mac? Which doesn't sound like fun uh, for a brand new like chip that very few people have used before. Gotcha. That makes absolute sense. Uh, <laughs> also, I'm still like, I think we talked about this at WWDC, but I'm still waiting to see how the like virtualization story shakes out and did they make any improvements or are there any instructions in the arm max that are for virtualization because they're like modern intel cpus have lots of lots of virtualization specific cpu instructions that help things out a lot uh and modern development 
as I'm sure Colby will attest, involves a lot of localization, especially a Docker. Yeah. Uh, and if, like, I know they talked about Docker at WWDC, but I still haven't seen anything that explains how exactly it's going to work. And no one's released any benchmarks because all the people who have the that dev kit are in the NDA. So I'm really hoping they came up with an awesome solution for that. And again, if anyone at Apple's listening, I know that you know this is a problem. But having native containers on Mac, Mac OS would be awesome too. Need both Linux and Mac containers. Maybe that's that's for a redux of changes. Different show. <laughs> Dan, I totally understood everything you just said. And I think it sounded great. Uh no, I, I, well, I was going to ask the question, you know, uh, again, an a- Apple event, one more thing event tomorrow. Uh, it's pretty assumed that they're going to talk about the first ARM-based laptops. Um, do you think there's any, uh, according to the rumors, we're not really going to see big design changes, but I'm curious if you guys could add a, a non-chip feature or something you'd like to see announced in, in new MacBooks, what, what might they be? Hardware feature, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like really, really, really long battery life. Well, you might get that. Maybe. I mean, I think like that was was what you said. Uh, face ID, I think, is a Wait, oh mm-hmm. yeah. Or like like, like here's uh, another thing. It with the laptop in clamshell mode, I can't use Touch ID. Mm-hmm. Mm. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm missing out on that right now, which sucks. You probably wouldn't be able to use Face ID either. That's a good point. Yeah. Good point, Colby. I would I would be interested in a laptop with a uh, front-facing camera that w- had was upgraded from like any better than any any MacBook front-facing camera has been for the last I don't know ten years. Like, yeah. why am I why am I still so grainy? I don't know. It's an I awful do. camera. Yeah. Horrific. But that's then, a really good one, Colby. But then let me ask this, right? In a hypothetical, would you take the exchange of we'll give you face ID and a better camera on the laptop, but there's a notch in the screen, like there is on the iPhone. Do you do you take that trade off? I would I would take a notch because there's nothing in that part yes. of my screen. Yeah, the middle of the bar is usually free. And I guess the the OS could know to flow those menu bar items around the notch. Ooh, a little curved sort of whoosh right in the middle. <laughs> no, wow. I, no, I just mean like elide them entirely. <laughs> like move them to the right or something. Maybe a, maybe a curved whoosh. But that, yeah. that's actually, Sean, that's not a bad idea because that would require no changes to any applications because applications can't use that space anyways for the most part. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Interesting. I don't think we're. I think we're maybe a year or two away from touch screens on on these MacBooks because as they're doing the whole whatever they call it, where they're smashing the iPad and Mac apps together, um, whatever the name for that was, I can't think of. Catalyst. Yeah, sure. That sounds right. <laughs> it's not like we're supposed to know these things. Um. But I think we'll eventually get the, the touch screens of the laptops. I think it's too early for that. Yeah. Hmm. 
I mean, I would like different colors. Mm, uh, the new iPhone colors would look so that blue. Yeah, right? God, that would look good. Or like a red product red. I mean, you could do a lot of great colors on these. Yeah. But otherwise, it's kind of like at its final form. It's a solid chunk of metal with a pretty edge-to-edge screen. And a keyboard that doesn't suck, finally. Uh, We're never going to go away from USB-C. Never. But, you know, they could put... It would be neat if they put in, like, the lid or even, like, next to... In that sort of dead space next to the uh, trackpad if they put in wireless charging for your iPhone. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Or ma- could you, like, MagSafe strap your, your new iPhone to, like, the lid of, of, your, <laughs> of your MacBook? <laughs> uh, that would be cool. Like, maybe... MagSafe accessories for like cameras and stuff, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's not hmm. that useful. There's no um, MagSafe I mean, doesn't have like data, right? Like you don't data over MagSafe. Right. Although, again, to my my dream, where like you MagSafe attach something to something, and then it initiates some sort of handshake that establishes Bluetooth. Mm. You don't have to do anything. I believe it has NFC, doesn't it? I think it does. Because it's able to identify what it's being mag-safed to. Yeah. Oh. So you could. That's cool. Now, have you you guys, do you have your new phone? You have your new phones. Any, any before we move on to the rest of the tech news, any additional thoughts on your phones now that you've had them for a couple weeks? Uh, not really. No. I don't have a case for mine yet, which I, stresses me out every day. Every time I have my phone in the the bathroom with the tile floor, it's like I'm I'm asking for it. <laughs> um, I got the silicon, not silicon. I got the clear case. First mm. time ever, because they didn't have the leather cases yet. Right. I That's like why it. I don't have a case. Yeah. Well, leather cases are out. Mm. Uh. Yeah, I, I mean it's a fine phone. I like the shape better. I the like the photos seem really good. MagSafe seems really cool. I'm excited about the MagSafe car mount. Mm. Hopefully, I'll do some lot of driving in the winter time. Um, but I'm definitely gonna wait <laughs> for reviews like on do it because that might suck. Yeah. What did you say, Cole? I said the winter time is when I like to do all my driving. <laughs> Dan, Dan's uh, oh, going to be out there in his Hummer just doing doing donuts. <laughs> uh, back to on, the, on the Mac thing, uh, while we're dreaming, uh, you know, going back to where I'll be this winter, for the first time ever, I'm like, you know, a cellular antenna in a MacBook would be nice. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to be working on the road. Yeah. Seems like a great upsell option for them. I'm surprised, you know, yeah. considering they already do it in the Apple Watch, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but maybe we'll see that. IPads too. But, I don't but 5G, I mean, I think 5, this is the perfect time. If they're going to do it, you get it with the the 5G, the ultra wideband. You're saying, hey, the speeds are now fast enough where you're going to be able to, 
work your computer off of this thing, but it's got to be a... I'm wildly speculating, but I have to think it's some kind of... Because they have to do all that magic around the outside band of your iPhone to get good reception. And I just wonder, because it's a big chunk of steel, if they just haven't come up with a good way to get an antenna in the MacBook that actually can get you really good reception and how you would get that. Because in, in, in Windows computers, they have them all over, but they're all made of plastic. So I just wonder mm. if there's some sort of tech issue, mechanical issue, although I guess right. if anyone would solve it, it, it would be Apple. IPad. The iPads have like a weird... Well, I guess I haven't seen a cellular iPad in a long time, but they used to have like a weird like plastic. The cellular ones had a weird plastic bit at the top where the antenna was. And I was. think it's now the same as the iPhone where it is the metal band around it is the antenna. Mm. But it Remember is a good question. Antenna gate. Oh, my God. Remember Bendgate? <laughs> oh, my God. That was even better. People were <laughs> sitting on the iPhone so hard they bent them in half. <laughs> Wild. Good time. The original foldable phone. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, reliable, too. <laughs> Pretty much. Might still work after you fold it. Guys, let's take a minute here. Uh, as, as fun as banter is, we've got just a couple stories. It's been a little news light. We're kind of like post-announcement, but like pre-holiday. So we're kind of in that quiet period. Not a lot going on. Is there anything in here worth talking about, per se? Oh, we we need to do follow-up on the Massachusetts right to repair question. We sure do, Dan. We sure do. We had the election a couple weeks ago. We talked on the show about um, Massachusetts questions one and question two. We were informing the general public about one specific state's ballot initiatives. Um, and we talked about question one, which was the uh, the right to repair part two, uh, and it passed with a, with a pretty high majority. I didn't see the final result. Um, I think it was 75% or something like that. It was pretty popular. Basically amending the 2012 right to repair law to include um, a standard open data platform uh, for vehicle owners and independent mechanics to access telematics, wirelessly transmitted data, typically sent to a remote server. Um, the law is expected to go into place in 2022, um, and it's expected to have a big impact nationwide, uh, as their first right to repair bill did. This is, this is probably one of the furthest reaching, um, right to repair bills in the country. Congratulations, Massachusetts. We did it. We fought, we fought the, we fought big auto and won. <laughs> yep. We didn't get ranked choice voting, though. No, ranked choice voting failed. Um, but but by a shorter margin, I think it was like 54% no. So it was a lot closer. Um, yes, it did fail. Um, but then again, as we talked about last time, much more money spent on, uh, on question one. I'm very glad I don't have to see those ads anymore. Um, but as we talked about, a, a very difficult set of rules to actually implement by 2022. I doubt it'll get done by then. Um, you know, the original 2012 bill, uh, they basically went and negotiated with the auto manufacturers to create a workable version of the ballot initiative. So I expect the same thing to happen again. 
we also saw the passing of Prop 22 in California, um, the most expensive right. ballot measure in California history. Uh, Two hundred million spent by Uber, Lyft, and other gig economy companies. Uh, that essentially exempts them from calling gig economy workers full-time employees uh, rather than independent contractors. Uh, while the ballot does put into place things like um, health insurance, minimum number of hours, a minimum pay rate, um, it certainly doesn't do what California wanted to do. AB5, the law they passed there, um, which essentially made them categorize their workers as actual real workers, um, the ballot measure passed 58% to 41%. Um, yeah, kind of a huge bummer. Yeah, wasn't there lots of stories about... <clears throat> I didn't read any of the stories about why this failed, did you? Yeah, a few. I mean, really, again, it was it was... You know, they spent two hundred million to in favor of the law, and those opposed to it spent twenty million. I mean, they were just viciously outspent. You know, Uber and Lyft had all kinds of ads inside their apps saying, "If twenty Prop Twenty Two passes, or if Prop if Prop Twenty Two fails, then we're going to pull out of the state, and you're not going to be. It's going to be more expensive, and you're not going to get cars." I mean, they really scared the bejesus out of people without explaining what the law actually does. They basically said. Uh, vote for Prop 22. It supports workers and it gives them health insurance and it gives them all stuff. What they didn't say is California was making them do that anyway, except in a more comprehensive way. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately. The other kind of zany thing about this law that I found fascinating is they basically made it unre unrepealable. Is that a word? Unable to be repealed. It actually requires something like seven eighths majority in the California State House to uh, to have it appealed. Uh, so it, it's they're pretty much stuck with it. And Uber has said uh, they want to take a model like this uh, and have it voted on across the country in each state. So wait, and then to just put this behind them. Just... Hmm. Go ahead. Interesting. Is is this that that majority thing was something that was built into the ballot question? Yes. Ew. It's this is really kind of gross. That's that seems super shady. They won't get paid sick leave. They won't get workers compensation. They won't get a bunch of other stuff that these workers would have gotten um, had they been considered just actual employees. Right. And and so this is, I guess, I don't know how ballot questions work everywhere, but I, I, I feel like the ones in Massachusetts are like, you know, the, the legislature still is going to have a go at the right to repair stuff that we passed. And like, you know, it, it just because we, we voted on this ballot question does not mean that is exactly what the law is going to be, I guess, is the. Yeah, it it's it's interesting. And again, I'm sort of speaking as someone who's definitely not an expert. Um, but a, you you can't just put anything in a ballot question. I can't make a law that like murders legal and then it like becomes a ballot question and people vote on it. It actually has mm -hmm. to be like the, the state has to say what you're proposing is legal and like if it were passed could become a law. 
And California is known as one of the easiest states in the country to get something on the ballot. That's why there's like 30 of them on the ballot every year. Massachusetts much harder. So when Massachusetts has their questions written, they're usually written a little more vague where it's like, here's the purpose of the bill and it's going to be implemented in a year or two. How it's actually done is like TBD. And they write it that way in California. They can get away with writing a lot more into the laws um, and and how things are defined and, and, and those sorts of things. So it's just, again, it's that different certain States just have different rules about how things get on the ballot. And that's why some States usually have a lot of ballot issues. Some States never have them because it's almost impossible. That's, um, Three states in the election this past week actually had ballot initiatives that, if passed, would make it harder to have future ballot initiatives. Um, And all three of them failed, by the way. Um, It was sort of a GOP power grab to make sure that people couldn't use ballot initiatives to get around their unpopular uh, positions, like raising Uh, the minimum wage and things like that. Democracy is so inconvenient. Well, that's, you know, that's one of the other major stories of this election, uh, uh, marijuana legalization passing in five states, um, a couple others, minimum wage at $15 passing in California, um, or in uh, Florida, I mean, uh, and a couple other similar type um, things happening in other states. So it's exciting. Or Oregon passing uh, the medical use of uh, psychedelic mushrooms. Ah. Wild. And was it? One of this was it Oregon? Oregon basically passed a measure that decriminalizes basically small amounts of any drugs. Now, what I don't know if you know the answer to this, but what was the law that criminalized all of these drugs in the first place? Well, there's kind of a, a bunch of different levels to drug laws on the federal level. You basically, the the government doesn't outlaw drugs, per se. There are federal statutes when you're, like, selling and dealing drugs in massive quantities. But, like, possession and stuff, the federal government doesn't care about. They care about the money aspect. And that's why in states where it's legal, it's still not legal to, like, you're still it's still kind of a cash business because federally, financially, it's not legal. Then in a per-state basis is where you start to get into the lower-level laws um, and things like that. So... Um, it's, it's, it's quite complex. The states absolutely have the right to decriminalize it. It just becomes then like an IRS financial thing at the government, the federal government level. (laughs) And that's one of the things, like I said, um, legalizing marijuana, very popular nationwide. Um, a lot of people are pushing, um, Joe Biden, something he could do, um, just through an executive action or just simply asking, uh, the DEA to uh, take marijuana off as a schedule uh, schedule one narcotic. I think it is. I always mix them up, um, which would not, not legalize it per se because uh, states could still outlaw it, but it would make it legal to buy and sell where states allow it. Yeah. And part of the thing, part of the weirdness, right. With states that where it is legal is that, federally it's still technically illegal so like right. banks don't want anything to do with like the marijuana companies because which makes it less get... legitimate right right 
Indeed. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's fully legal in something like 15 states. And once you add in uh, miracle, medical marijuana and also like just simply uh, reducing possession charges, you're over like 25, 30 states at that point. So. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Charles, what do you think? Charles is um, just a lunatic. He's in a new house. <laughs> he's figuring it all out. Mm. He's figuring it all out, but he's happy the contractor's gone. The big scary so, man with the drills and the saws. So Charles is not pro magic mushrooms. He's open for anything. <laughs> he's the original party cat. He's open for anything. As long as you pet him while he's high, he's he's happy. I mean, you give him a little okay. catnip and, you know, the, the original party drug. <laughs> That's what my, my mother's uh, dog got a hold of one of the cat's toys with catnip. She's like, is catnip? Can dogs have catnip? And I'm like, probably. I don't. I don't know. It, it certainly didn't. He didn't go crazy over it. So, <laughs> for whatever that's worth. Um. Well, did you guys have any picks this week? I've been trying to think of one, and I don't. I can't. I can't come up with one. That's okay. I'm. Uh, I'm in a similar position. Well, how about this? Maybe instead of picks, you guys can say uh, what uh, what uh, role in Joe Biden's cabinet you would like to be nominated for. Because <laughs> okay. he's, he's looking for folks. So I will do my pick. If you two think about you know, maybe you want to be Secretary of State, maybe you want to go to agriculture or transportation or <laughs> the FDA, the CDC. I mean, you guys got a ton of choices. Uh, my pick this week uh, I'm really, I'm really diving into the self care thing. Uh, I talked a couple weeks ago about the new multivitamin, fancy multivitamins I was taking, but I have terrible skin. Both my parents have terrible skin. I'm going to age horribly. Um, I'm going to be like a ghoul when I'm older. No offense to my parents, uh, but it's just not going to end well. My my skin is already, and you can clearly see, especially because the lighting in here, the bags under my eyes. I look like I'm squinting all the time, and they're just like so dark. It's awful. And so I figured I had to do something about it. I Googled around. I decided to try Brickell Men's Products, um, which if the name doesn't give it away, they're products for men. Uh, <laughs> and they have all kinds of um, face, hair, body, shave, acne, all those sorts of creams and salves and pastes and sorts of things. Um, they actually have a, uh, a free sample kit which is actually very nice. They're little bottles of kind of everything they sell. I recommend just, it's free. It literally is free. Like they don't even try and gimmick you. Like it actually is free. Um, and so I tried a bunch of the different stuff and I ended up ordering a whole big selection. Basically they're sort of like go-to face, the face wash, um, the balancing toner, the scrub, the moisturizer, the anti-aging cream, the eye cream. Sort of they're like, this is what you should do every day in the morning and evening routine. And I do think it's made my skin look a lot better and feel better. It's nice stuff. It smells nice. It seems like it's made nice. Um, it's admittedly not the cheapest face products you can buy, but you know, do you really want the cheapest you can buy? So I was going to ask you guys though. Um, obviously I am trying to up my beauty game. I wasn't impressed with Brickell's shampoos and conditioners, so I didn't get them, but I am looking for a new... Do you guys have fancy shampoo and conditioner you can recommend? Because I'm using Head & Shoulders now, and it's fine, but it's not doing great things for my hair. I I use Pantene Pro-V. 
that's the secret to Colby's hair. That's that's basically what I've used my entire life. I don't know. Yeah, it could, yeah, it I could put be. My, I can put my shampoo in the show notes. It's Baxter California Daily Fortifying Shampoo. Shiny, you could also go the other way, and you could you could find that uh that 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 product that friend of the show Matt used to have in college that was three three in one shampoo conditioner. And oh, I use that in college too. Actually, Br- Brickell Men's has a, does have a three in one. So I will say there you go. Um, just it was just a money saving measure. Efficient. <laughs> I thought you were gonna I, say I I should do the. The old Shark Tank thing of like, and I couldn't find anything, so I started making my own shampoo, <laughs> and people told me they really liked it. Um, there you. Go. Yeah, this is great. This Baxter of California. I'm going to try this, Stan. It's good. It's a little expensive, but feels good. Feels good, as Colby would say. Nope. I think that's. I think that's awesome. I definitely need an upgrade, so I'll give it a shot. I'll report back. That's awesome. So that's my pick this week. Um, did, did you guys have any thoughts on, uh, yes. Okay. Break it down. Um, I'm looking here at the list of, of cabinet officials. Uh, and while he, it seems like given our previous conversation or, or my, my tweets recently, secretary of the interior could be good. And is a little bit under the radar. Oh sure. I wouldn't want to be one of these, you know, Secretary Treasury, Secretary State. Like uh, it's like so much work, so much pressure, right? Uh, or you got the administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency. That could also that could also be good. Good choices. I like them. I so I'm also looking at the web page that lists all the cabinet members. I thought there were more. There's not that many. <laughs> I thought I was going to be able to scroll like way deep in this list and find some like really weird ones, but like there's pretty much just the ones you've heard of. Well, and I don't I don't know if I'm qualified to do any of these things. The Office could... of Management and Budget. Oh, that's, that's a powerful that one. Like, you control all the money. That that's, that's a big true. one. That's true. Or whatever the GSA is, which is like the independent oversight arm of the government. Mm. I could oversee stuff. No. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you. I see you. I saw that. (laughs) You could go into this this historical chart of past uh, um, cabinet positions. Oh, there you go. Chair of the Council of Economic Advisors, <laughs> Director of the Office of National Drug Control Policy, Secretary of the Air Force. That would be cool. Maybe you could just be the guy who walks the dog because, you know, Joe Biden is bringing dogs back to the White House. He has two dogs. Right. Two dogs. It's a lot of dogs. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, I can, I can do that. I've never, I don't have any professional dog walking experience, but. I Honestly, if you had asked me this question a year ago, I would have said no questions asked, Postmaster General. You get to be mm-hmm. a general for one. And no one cares if no one cares what you do. 
except that wasn't really true this year. <laughs> Suddenly, it's a high-profile position. Well, you know, I, I don't know who's doing it now, but you could head up the Space Force. Right? That's Steve Carell, right? Yes. <laughs> in, in one of the, like, four shows they're making about the Space Force, weirdly enough. I saw I saw that there was another one. Was it on Amazon? Showtime is doing Moonbase 8, which has the really good cast of um, John C. Riley, Tim Heidecker, and the guy from Portlandia. Fred Armisen. Yes, Fred Armisen. That looks very funny. It does sound funny. Waiting for the uh, Four Seasons Total Landscaping sitcom. Hey, there! What just? What a great week it's been. What a what a good week it's been. Remember, we used to be able to laugh at the news. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good times. Well, gentlemen, we gotta we gotta start wrapping it up here because we are like Marty McFly out of time. Uh, anything else you guys would like to? to say or do no it was a good week i look forward to laughing uh at the news with you all next week well uh, you know i think we should remind people as we have been for the last couple months go out and vote make sure you vote make sure you're registered <laughs> to vote uh, especially if you live in georgia yes yes yeah but actually all of our if you know somebody in georgia call them and make sure they vote i'll give you guys credit do you know the two candidates they should vote for in georgia uh, the one of them, the last name begins with an OS. Yeah. Is the other one Doug Jones? No, that's Alabama, and he lost. But damn. <laughs> but good try. No, John Ossoff. There and uh, and Wernock uh, is his last name. I can't think of what his first name is. Uh, yes, don't vote for Purdue or Loeffler. They're the bad. They're bad. That's the don't panic endorsement right there. Um, but while you're considering who you're going to vote for in the Georgia special runoff election in January, make sure you tune over to uh, Up for Debate, upfordebate.tv. Uh, we watched Child's Play on our last episode, which was fun. And this coming week, I don't I don't know exactly. We have a list of topics we may do, and some of them are very fun, including uh, writing our own children's book, which we're going to do on a future episode, which I think is going to be funny. Uh, also, I am uh, officially, I'm wearing my Patriots uh, hoodie now. I'm officially giving up my fandom of the Patriots, and Matt's going to help me pick a new team to root for, which I'm very excited. I, I'm officially uh, an, a free agent nice. in the fandom space, so I'm excited for that. Uh, it's great stuff over there up for debate.tv. Check it out. precipitated that. You know, honestly, it, I just came to, and people are going to say, look, I'm going to take all the shit because they're going to say, oh, now that the Patriots aren't good, you don't want to be a fan. That's not it. That's not it. I get the timing suspicious. I get that. The thing is, when you're a child and you grow up in a household, you're just a fan of that team. You don't get to choose. Right. And now that right. I'm an adult, I've realized, like, the Patriots kind of suck. Like, Tom Brady sucks. He's kind of a, like, as soon as it's like, Tom Brady's like, yeah, we got to get Antonio Brown down here. You know, like the really like crappy guy who's kind of like a, a jerk and just a bad person. I mean, he's just like not a good guy. And Robert Kraft is just like, everyone's like, oh, he's nice. It's like, but no, he's kind of just like a shitty rich guy yeah. like everyone else. Yeah. And maybe it sucks that they won so much. Like, I, I yes, I enjoyed <laughs> it, but it's like, 
<laughs> I never, I never was a huge fan of the page. Like I never knew like who all the players were or like, I didn't watch all the games. Like I was just a fan cause they were the local team. And so I want a team like I can actually like get excited about and the history of and the players and like a team I can root for. Who's like not good now that I can root for as they get good. So I think it's going to be an interesting experience. Do you have any candidates or I will say clean slate? No, there are certain teams I won't choose. Like, I don't want the Patriots, obviously, and I don't want any, like, always good teams. You know, Uh, I'm also doing the same experiment in basketball, too. Um, But I don't want, like, probably not like the Steelers, definitely not the Giants, just because they're gross i kind of want just like a middling team yeah, the giants good like the chargers i think is like it might be a good team where it's like they've never been great but they have had good teams and interesting players and an interesting history or like hmm. so do you want a team that's been around like the whole time no i would pick an expansion team um i i don't have a, a pro- like i think the tennessee titans maybe might be an interesting choice mm-hmm. what back when they were the oilers and they sort of have a unique history or the rams even have a unique history um, but I do kind of want just like a, like a kind of forgettable team, but I don't want a team that's like, like the Browns. I don't know if I would choose because I think it's like, they've become so associated with being bad. It's just not fun anymore. <laughs> so or like the Bengals, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Matt, Matt's going to, Matt's going to help me out. He just picked some new teams to root for now that he's moved back up above the Mason Dixon line. So he's going to help me out. It's going to be fun. Nice. So if anyone out there has nice. any suggestions, please let me know. Um, the bills maybe I don't know Um, but this show is uh, don't panic at don'tpanic.io our great website go there check it out all the episodes and the picks are there Uh, and of course you can get us wherever you subscribe to podcasts check us out get us there video version on YouTube and of course follow us at don't panic show on Twitter or email us don't panic show gmail don't panic show gmail.com oh, okay Any, uh, that's it I think that's it we gotta stop we got we got some exciting stuff to go do So we're going to end it here. But we'll be back next week. On behalf of Colby and Dan, I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. We'll see you again for another Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production. Executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.